as I mentioned a moment ago, I'm especially excited about these next steps of our study into this book of Ephesians because it is in these words that we encounter some of my most favorite truths in all the Bible. Foundational truths given to us to govern the most precious relationship outside of our relationship with Christ, that of our relationship with our wife. Now why would I be so bold as to say that these words have that level of importance? It is because God seems to say exactly that, those same words right within these words. Here the Spirit of the Lord tells us that the relationship between a husband and wife has so very much likeness to our relationship with Christ that we can use one as a pattern for the other. And I praise the Lord for the detailed explanation and instruction and exhortation that He gives to help us to not miss out on the great blessings that will be ours if we will only humble ourselves and join with Christ in this very intimate and loving relationship of husband and wife. Now with that being said, may I begin by reading these words again, beginning in verse 21. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any other thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. These words, folks, hold a special key that not only guarantee us the most delightful relationship that we could ever hope to have with Christ, they also hold the key and will absolutely guarantee the most delightful and dedicated love relationship that a husband and wife could ever hope to enjoy. And this revealed truth begins with one of the most important concepts contained within the whole of Scripture. And that is submission. Submission. A simple word that would seem so easy to do, but has proven to be one of the most, if not the very most, difficult tasks that all of mankind has ever encountered. Submission. Listen to these few words of verse 21. Submitting to one another 
out of reverence for Christ. Now the next verse begins with an instruction to the wife regarding the word submission. But we must not, we must not move there too quickly. Else we will miss out on the intent of this verse 21, which is so very, very important. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Here, submission is not a command that's being limited only to the wife. And notice that it begins there. And the command to the wife is in the next verse. Here in verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ is not a command that is being limited to the wife. But rather it is being given to every one of us. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Listen to these words also given in Philippians 2, beginning in verse 3. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. Here the instruction to be humble is given to all of us, both men and women whether inside the family or outside the family, to husbands, to wives, to children, but also to neighbors and to co-workers and to others. I'm so glad that God does things this way because in saying it this way, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests but also to the interests of others. Submission given in this way, takes on a far broader meaning than just the instruction that is in the next verse regarding the wives. But why would that be so important right from the beginning of our study? It's because foolish men, foolish husbands, often want to use those next words as an excuse to lord over others, especially their wives even their girlfriends, even all women. There's a word that I discovered recently that's being used in the media. It's, the word is misogynist. I confess I don't know what that means except that it is an example of men who hold women at a very low position in respect. All women. And so these words are very significant because it's my understanding that that kind of mentality is widespread. So may I say these words again. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ and in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Or let each, each of you look not only to his own interests but also to the interest of others. Each of us, and may I again speak especially to us men, must humbly count ourselves less significant, count others more important, more significant than ourselves. Now why do men so often have a problem with these words? It's because of that other word. The word that is exactly opposite of the word humility. And that is pride. Pride. 
It's clear throughout all of these scriptures that God declares pride to be the most consuming and most depraved condition that the human soul will ever encounter and will ever have to deal with. Listen, pride is an all-consuming, all-demanding, all-enslaving condition of the soul. And pride forms the basis for most all of the many other sins that we'll get caught up in. And what is at the heart of the depraved condition of pride? Oswald Chambers narrows it down to just a few words. My claim to my right to myself. Now I've shared those words with you on several other occasions in the past. But I want us to examine them again because do they not fit perfectly with the meaning of the word pride? Now think about it. An arrogant father lords over his children as he demands their submission in exercising his claim to his right to his self. Or in the workplace, an arrogant boss tries to control everyone who works for him through intimidation and threats. He rules with an iron fist as he exercises his claim to his right to his self. And then again here, as we are about to study in these next words of Ephesians 5, there is an implicit warning laced all through these words given to husbands to take extreme care lest we be in danger of being led astray by pride as we would demand to have our claim to our right to ourself. Lording over our wife and making demands that will often ultimately only drive her away. And may I say that I feel so very sorry for men who give in to that temptation to demand that their wife knuckle under to their demanding ways. Their condition of mind and soul and their understanding of these scriptures is so very foolish as they would stand there angrily before their wife making these demands that are simply not in accordance with these scriptures. For men to take those words, such as the ones that will follow in this next verse, instructing the wife to submit to the husband. For a man, for a husband, to take those words and misuse them as a weapon to coerce their wives into obedience is in seriously dangerous territory with the Lord. And so I give us warning about that. We must not be guilty of that. Now while disagreements and frustrations that take place within an argument can precipitate us men daring to twist those words into being a weapon, we have to understand that God will surely hold us accountable for each time that we misuse His Word. We cannot do that, folks. We cannot do that. And that accountability will so often begin almost immediately, right within the family, as the wife just simply packs up and leaves. And then that accountability then follows on into eternity with Christ in judgment when He will judge us for that foolish behavior. 
Now I realize that my words might sound strong and demanding and perhaps even harsh. But we men must recognize that those attitudes and those behaviors that we might think are private simply because we say them behind closed doors, hidden away from what other people might hear or see as we would lord over the weaker family members. We think that's hidden from the Lord? No, not at all. Hebrews 4, verse 13. There is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare before the eyes of him with whom we will have to give an account. Listen, God is all-knowing. He's not just up there somewhere watching us, or as the words of the song say, from a distance. No, not at all. For those of us who have Christ as our Savior, He's up close. His Spirit is right within us. Having to endure our foolish rants and our misuse of His Scriptures, of His truths, So then, as these words command, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, and in humility count others more significant than yourselves, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Each of us is to humbly submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, counting all others more important than ourselves. A question. How far should a man go with his humility, with his submission? Must a man go so far as to allow his wife, his children, his friends, his neighbors, his co-workers to run roughshod over him? Is a man to be passive? Folks, listen. Simply put, that is not at all the meaning of humility and submission. Humility is a strength, not a weakness. Now may I say that again? Humility is a strength, not a weakness. Humility is when a strong man controls his weakness of pride and brings his behaviors under the control of his strength. May I say that again? Humility is when a strong man controls his weakness of pride and brings his behavior under the control of his strength. That is the example that's given in these words that tell us that Jesus humbled himself and gave himself even to death on the cross so that others might gain. He humbly gave everything that he had, his very life, and that took strength, and that took courage. And no... Jesus did not give up his responsibilities as a man, as our Savior, as our Lord. And neither must we men give up our responsibilities as a man and as a leader in our family, in our community, or in our workplace. Listen, we can actually do it all without any part of our responsibilities being compromised or forfeited. Jesus Christ was the strongest man that will ever walk the face of this earth. And he was the greatest leader that this world has ever known. 
with untold billions that have faithfully followed after him, eager to do his will. And he has a bride, a wife, that he has never mistreated one time. He has never lorded over us. He has never made demands upon us. The strongest man that will ever walk the face of the earth, but yet walked each day as a loving and gentle servant, always meeting the needs of others. And that is the legacy. Listen, men, especially us men, that is the legacy that Jesus has left for you and me. So before we then proceed into this next verse that instructs the wives regarding humility and submission, may we men first clearly understand and embrace the humility and submission that's required of us. Again, those words. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. In humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you not only look to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So then, how do we accomplish this so very important exhortation from the Lord? The answer is given right within these words. The essential key to humility and submission is found in the words, out of reverence for Christ. Out of reverence for Christ. A favorite verse of mine as I consider my relationship with Christ and also as I consider my relationship with my dear wife. It's found in Ecclesiastes 4, verse 12. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Simple verse. As we consider the often tentative nature that binds us together in relationship with one another, sometimes even the smallest of disagreements or misunderstandings can separate loved ones, especially a husband and wife. And it is in the mystery of this verse that I find strength. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. The third strand that can be and must be added to the marriage, to the cord of marriage, to those two, the husband and wife, that third strand that needs to be added in to those two is the person of Jesus Christ. When he is added to that equation, his third strand will bring an increased strength to the relationship that is exponential. As we receive his presence and as we surrender ourselves into his hands, his spirit will bring about this reverential fear that's spoken about in these words, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Folks, listen. All of this, all of this is very, very real. The spirit of Christ really is living and abiding within each of us who have him as our Savior and Lord. And thanks be to God, He really will do exactly as He promises. In those awful moments of frustration and arguments when the only answer seems to be that we should demand obedience and submission from our wives, God's Spirit will be faithful to convict us of the wrongness of that sinful temptation. Those familiar words that I've 
given to us often from 1 Corinthians 10. No temptation, such as the one to lord over our wives. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, He will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. That way of escape, folks, men, can be far more simple than our minds can imagine. Our escape can come through a simple show of humble love. Humble love. Instead of demands and threats, we can actually love our wives into the submission that's required of her. A hug rather than a harsh word. And as we husbands then step on further into that loving relationship with our wives, simple consideration and respect will literally produce miracles within the relationship. Those words, First Peter 3, verse 7. Husbands, in the same way be considerate as you live with your wives. Treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heir with you in the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. So men, if we do this, then those arguments and those frustrations will simply go away. They will go away. May I conclude our time today with the simple instruction to each of us that love, love is such a much better way and it will provide benefits and happiness beyond anything we could ever imagine or hope for. Those words again, husbands in the same way be considerate as you live with your wives. Treat them with respect as a weaker partner and as heirs with you in the gracious gift of life so that nothing can hinder your prayers. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ and in humility, count one another more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. Let's pray.